known for her business, small business coach and mental health clinician Angela Henderson says she helps small businesses navigate the challenges of building a successful business while maintaining a life. I thought that was a great way to describe a business. Angela, thank you for joining our Flying Solo podcast today. Welcome. Yes, well, thank you so much, Lucy. It is fantastic to be here and to have a chat with you today. We are going to focus our conversation on the very real realities of business burnout. So, Angela, you've had about 15 years experience working in this small business and mental health space, and I thought that made you a really terrific resource for our community and our our general discussion really about wellness. Um, You mentioned to me in our discussion leading up to the podcast that you had some really alarming statistics around this this, first of all, this definition of, of burnout versus stress and also the statistics around what can happen if you don't, um, I suppose, get your symptoms looked at. So I guess could we start there with what, what, what burnout really is as a definition and, and a bit of a discussion about those stats? Sure, absolutely. So I guess if we look at, there's kind of a spectrum and you've got stress, burnout, and then you kind of go to that formal diagnosis stage. And I think before we even get to anything, I think it's important for those that are listening to understand the difference between stress and burnout. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But even more so that when businesses, specifically small business owners in those infancy stages, and even later on, ignore some of these symptoms, it could actually lead to really doing bigger problems in the end. So if any of this kind of is ticking for you along the day, and I know we're going to talk at the end about how people could potentially you know, access help, but in Australia particularly, suicide remains the leading, leading cause of death for Australians between the age of 15 and 44, which, again, our media doesn't really talk about that statistic very often, mm. uh, which, again, greatly saddens me, but it's something that, again, I'm very passionate about. The other statistic that just in our data from 2015 in Australia, there's uh, 30,027 people that ended their lives that year, which works out to about eight people every single day are taking their lives. Um, which is absolutely heartbreaking when you think about it, because if you get a broken leg, you'll go to the doctor and get an x-ray and get a cast on it. Um, If you have a broken back, you're obviously not going to just lay there on the floor for the rest of your life. You're going to go and get help. It's the same thing if you get a broken arm. But if you have a broken heart, you know, with some of that stress and that burnout, what we're going to talk about, people are so reluctant to get the help that they need. And this is why we're ending up with close to 3,000, if not more people who take their life through suicide every single year. So I think that's a really important, um, you know, an introduction into what we're going to be talking about today. Definitely. That's, um, they're really horrifying numbers there. So I guess let's talk about what burnout really is in, in, in the space and the community that we're talking about here. What is the distinction between burnout and stress? So so I guess if we look at the definition of burnout, which is really around the emotional and physical exhaustion, and it's that emotional and physical exhaustion, which is resulting from a combination of, say, exposure to environmental or internal stressors. And ultimately, the person that has those stressors have the inadequate coping and, and or adaptive skills that they need to get through that. And a lot of people that I've seen either when I was a mental health clinician or even now as a business consultant, they get um, a bit stuck. Sometimes people think they're stressed, but actually they're on the way to burnout. And some people think they're burnt out, but actually they're stressed. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the kind of some of the, the factors between stress versus burnout, stress is more characterized by over engagement, whereas burnout is typically characterized by disengagement. Okay. You then have stress, which is typically emotions are quite overreactive, where when you are getting on the verge of burnout, your emotions are quite blunted. When you also look at it from a productivity type with stress, 
typically it produces um, urgency and hyperactivity, whereas when you're burnout, it typically produces helplessness and hopelessness. Then also when you're stressed, it's typically a loss of energy, whereas with burnout, you have a loss of motivation, ideals, and hope. Stress also is more on the side where you lead to anxiety disorders, where burnout is typically leading to detachment and depression. And then again, stress typically is more damaging to the physical, you know, primary damage is that physical side, whereas that burnout is primary damage is the emotional side. Mm -hmm. Um, If you also look at stress, it may kill you, you know, prematurely per se, whereas if you look at burnout, it may make life seem not worth living at all. And then that's when we start to go into that really depressive type um, scenario. So I guess I just want to talk and let your audience know who's listening today you know, kind of some of those distinctions between the stress and the burnout. So if, say, someone in your life um, is, you suspect, is burning out, what's the kind of thing that they'd be talking to? How would they be talking to you about their business or the, how they would felt about themselves? Everything is just like, I don't know if there's like that saying, Debbie Downer. Everything is just like really flat. There's not a lot of enthusiasm. They're just kind of like, they're bored. They're negative. It's like it doesn't spark them joy anymore. Everything just is like womp, 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 right? Mm. Whereas with stress, we still have quite a little bit of adrenaline in us, right? We're still trying to, there's still hope. We're trying to figure ways out. It's kind of like a pocket rocket. We're go, go, go still, right? Mm. Whereas with the burnout, is just like it's, you kind of blunt it. Everything's a little bit slow. There's not a lot of motivation. Um, as whereas in business owners, if you, you know, you start this business and you're super excited, but then all of a sudden you're working 50, 60, 70 hours, especially in those startup phases. And then all of a sudden your partner might say, well, hold on, you know, Angela, why aren't you, you know, you're not talking about your businesses often, or you seem, you know, kind of frazzled. And I guess that's where we can go into, you know, really the nine key signs that I have seen over the years of what, yes. you know, what this burnout kind of starts looking like. I don't know if you'd like me to start That'd be great. talking a little bit about those. Yep. Yep. Yes. So the Nike signs that, again, there's a combination between the physical and the emotional exhaustion, which we talked about in that definition. And one is that chronic fatigue is people just are, you know, in the early stages, they might just feel like lack of energy, um, feel tired most days. But in the later stages, when we're getting from that stress to that burnout spectrum side of things, is you're just emotionally and physically drained. You're depleted. It's just like, Every single day is a mission. Do you know what I mean to get out of bed? You could have twelve hours of sleep, and that's not going to like touch you whatsoever. You're just it, you're just exhausted all the time. You're you're dreading what's lying ahead for any given day. Um, yeah, so it's just that constant, constant chronic fatigue. Mm. Now, chronic fatigue. That you know, another key step there, our symptom that we look at is that insomnia. Insomnia, you know, again, in the early stages might just be like a couple days you're having problems sleeping, whereas the true definition of insomnia and then what happens later on when you're at that level of burnout is insomnia is turning into persistent nightly ordeal. You know, you are constantly exhausted. You can't get to sleep. You can't stay asleep. There's like sleep is like pretty much non-existent. Mm, it's hellish another- that, yeah, there's a hellish cycle, isn't it, when you're in that? And that's another indicator. So, like, if your partner's like, well, Angela, you used to sleep, you know, eight hours a night, and you're, like, on one hour of sleep a night. Like, what's going on? You know, you're coming to bed, and you're tossing and churning, and you're up, and you're down. You know, what's going on? And if you start to see that, you have to start going, well, hold on. And it's, like, one day is different. That's not, like, any one of us could have a problem sleeping on any given week. It's when it becomes a constant, ongoing pattern of behavior that that's when it leads to problems. Mm. 
Um, another symptom that we see, which is something that doesn't get picked up on, is really that forgetfulness and that impaired concentration um, and attention to detail. So just lack of focus, um, forgetfulness at the kind of beginning, but later on it can get to the point where you know, you're just, your work isn't getting done. Everything is starting to pile up. You're forgetting about appointments, podcast interviews. You're forgetting about, you know, um, dates for your kids' uh, school plays that you need to be at. Like, you're just little things that never used to slip your mind are constantly slipping your mind. Like, you misplacing your keys. Like, I misplace my keys all the time. That's just me. But if that was something that, again, you never used to do and you start to do, it's these little things, and it's the little things that start to build up that are mm. going to start causing havoc. And, and do you think that there's an, is there an average time in, in the life of someone's business where these symptoms might be kicking in? And this, this is so hard because, again, that is so dependent on people's genetic, you know, mm-hmm. makeup, their environment makeup, um, how supportive their partner or family is around what they're doing. But, I mean, burnout can happen at any part of the business journey. Um, if you have, you're trying to run a business and, like, for example, my brother passed away last year. You know, I was hit with some of these based on the fact that he had passed away, right? So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, okay, but if I took that, the, my brother not passing away, I probably would have been okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So things can contribute to the burnout. Um, but again, it's it's uh, early stages of startup too, when you kind of don't know what you're doing and you're, you know, you don't have a lot of money, particularly if you're bootstrapping a business and you're having to do everything yourself. I do see burnout in the early stages. Um probably a lot more than the latter stages when you've got a team behind you, you've got a little bit more money coming in. Um, but again, it can happen for anyone at any time if they're not looking and taking care of themselves, both physically and emotionally. Mm. And if you are someone who's observing your partner who might be running a business and and facing these kind of symptoms, is there something that you can recommend in a way to help them communicate with that person about what they're concerned about? I guess again, it's 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 you can kind of walk on eggshells sometimes, right? Because mm. in addition to some of those initial key symptoms that I was speaking about, you also will start to see things like anger, particularly coming in. So if you've got someone who's really on the true end of that burnout spectrum, anything can throw them off. So as much as you might be trying to help them, it can be very um, quite difficult because you're just doing you're trying to do the right thing, but they're not prepared to receive it because of where they're at in their headspace. So what I always say, again, is if you can gently speak to them, like, hey, you know, Angela, I've noticed lately that you're having a really difficult time with sleep. Um, you know, you've lost some appetite. You're feeling a little bit angry. And you could just say, is there anything I can do to support you? That could be step one. Mm-hmm. And if they're like, no, 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 nothing's wrong, Angela. And you might just like let that go. But you've planted the seed. And then maybe a week later, you might say again, Angela, I really noticed that this really hasn't gone away. Um, do you think it would be important to maybe speak with your GP or someone else that might be able to help you with this? Maybe I'm too close to home. Um, maybe a neutral person will help. Again, they could, depending on where they're at in burnout, kind of spiral and go, you know, they could say, you know, shush up or, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. But sometimes the best thing you can do is just keep being supportive, offering your support and continue to plant the seed. Mm. That's really, That's good really point, what Sam. you can do, because in order to have a true definition of any diagnosis, whether or not that's depression, anxiety, um, et cetera, is it has to be in all three areas of a person's life. Okay. So in a child, we look for, is there a problem at school? Is there a problem? In, is that same problem happening in the community? And is that same problem happening at home? For adults, it's typically, is that problem happening at in, in business or at your day job, for example? 
is that um, problem impacting your family? And is that problem also impacting the relationships in your community outreach? Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Because if it's only impacting one area, let's just say it's only impacting the business, but yet you can still, nothing's going wrong with your family and nothing's happening with like all that community stuff, then it would be going, well, hold on, you've got to change something within your business. Mm. But typically when people get to that high end of, of burnout, it does Everything um, sort of affected yeah. into everything. Like they might no longer be, they don't have the motivation to call their friends back anymore. They no longer want to go to dinner with their family or they're getting angry at their wife or their partner or their kids. So you do typically start to observe that it's happening in all three elements. Mm. And that's why, again, being able to speak with the GP in Australia, we're very, very fortunate because you can get a mental health care plan by your GP. And that will give you, last time I checked, I haven't looked at it recently, I believe that you get 10 free sessions with a psychologist. Yep. Um, so it's it's there are resources out there that people just, again, we don't talk about it enough here in Australia that people can tap into. But you do need to see your GP first, who then can link you to a mental health care plan. They may also explore some medication options or if things were kind of teetering on the really, really bad side, um, they potentially would refer you to a psychiatrist to really kind of look more at those deeper symptoms. Um, and it's not necessarily always business burnout. It could be trauma from your childhood that's getting brought up. It could be a death in the family. So, again, it's really hard, Lucy, to say mm. that it's just yeah. this. To make this a blanket statement. Yeah, I understand that. I'm also thinking as I'm hearing you speak, like obviously – we want to raise this as an issue, but what we want to do ideally is prevent it from happening in the first place. So I wondered, based on the people that you've you've helped in the past, what are the kind of maybe three things that we could do as business owners now to prevent these kind of things happening to us? To, are there any things yeah. that we should be keeping an eye on or making sure that we do every day? Yeah, I mean, if I had to, I mean, there's so many, but if I really had to pick three, I would say sleep is going to be primary because without sleep, everything else seems to crumble. And, and when we're in that infancy state of business, particularly, or if we're in a growth stage in business, sleep normally is something that we're like just one more hour. Yeah. But the reality of it is the longer you've been awake, it's actually, you're less productive than any other time. You need to be able to go to sleep and repair your body. So I'd say, you know, my top one would be to sleep, you know, make yourself to sleep. I remember when I was pregnant with my first child and I was like, I can't sleep. And he said, even if you're just laying there, you're still resting your body. And yes. he goes, it's better than you being in front of a computer or a TV screen, at least just rest what you can. Mm -hmm. So number one would be sleep. Number two, funny enough, is to stay hydrated and to eat regularly, right? Yeah. So either what happens is, is we don't drink enough water um, and then we just are coffee, 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 which is also messing with our adrenal glands, okay? Yeah. Um, and also eating. A lot of times we forget to eat and then we're binge eating on just like, I don't know, chips and uh, sugar or whatever. Know, burgers yeah. or whatever, sugar, exactly, just yeah. to get us through. So I know these things sound quite simple, but it's a go to bed, repair your body, stay hydrated and eat really good. And again, if I had to say the third thing is surround yourself with energetic, non-toxic people, both with your family yes. and with your, you know, I don't know whether or not you go to a co-working spot or you've got, you know, friends, et cetera. But sometimes in these business stages is again, to avoid that burnout is if we're sort of going down that black hole, any more levels of toxicity or just negative talk actually can make it worse. Mm. 
So I always encourage people to find those core people that they can continue to have really positive engagement with, either online or in person, to help um, contribute to a positive mood and environment. I think that's such a key point there because it it is really about who you associate with, isn't it? And how, how those people reflect your experiences back to you. So if that can be as positive and as healthy as, as everything else in your life, that's really going to benefit you. 100%. Um, yes. Angela, that, that's been so um, interesting to hear all of that. If you are someone listening to this and thinking, oh, I feel like, you know, maybe I'm falling into these 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 patterns, what would you suggest that they do now about that? Yep, too. Obviously, if there is a level of urgency, all right, I say book into your GP. You know, that's to me, again, the first thing. If you're kind of going, yeah, I might have these, maybe I don't have these, I don't know, and you're kind of questioning and you don't really find there's a sense of urgency, I just, you know, take a scrap piece of paper or open up your iPhone under your notes or whatever it is that is convenient for you and just start to track. You know, you can literally just put the word anger and beside it every time you feel angry or you have a burst mm. of anger, put the tally ticks beside there. Um, write sleep and then go, okay, shit, I didn't go to bed till 11, midnight, to 1. Okay, so it's the thing is, is that people think out of sight, out of mind. So I just say start tracking it as simple as you can. Don't make this another job that you have to do. Just whatever tools you have, utilize them and start tracking um, you know, am I feeling agitated? Do I feel unmotivated? Um, whatever you're feeling, write that word down. And any time you feel that, continue to put that tally beside that feeling um, or behavior. Um, and if you start to see, you know, that regularly coming up, you know, I would say that's an indicator. Speak with a GP. That's the, you know, sometimes just speaking with that one neutral person and getting it off your chest mm. um, can be enough just for you to have insight to go, holy shit, something needs to change here. We got We got to make some changes before this gets worse. Yeah. I love that tip about using the notes in your phone. That's a great idea. Really simple and really easy to do. Angela, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and for all of those tips. Um, You're very if welcome. If anyone wants to check further about the work that you do, do you want to give us your, your website here so we can sure. check you out? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, if anyone would like to, again, uh, connect, you can find me at angelahenderson.com.au or you can also join my very active Facebook community with about 5,200 uh, other business members. And that is on Facebook at Australian Business Collaborative. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, Lucy. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 